My son just finished his first year, well, his only year, really, of kindergarten. I was super proud of him. It, it ended a little bit abruptly and a lot sooner than uh, what we thought it would. And I guess, by the way I'm talking about it, I thought maybe he would have to do it more than once. But no, he just ended. And, and I can remember the first day of his kindergarten year. I was super excited for him. But I thought he was going to have a little bit of trouble. I thought he was going to, you know, cling to mom's leg a little bit and just kind of be nervous about this whole thing. So I was prepared to give him the, the, the talk. You know, here it is. Go forth. Become a man in the kindergarten world. Go, you know, you've got this. You, you got it, bud. You can do it. And I was so excited for him and just what he was going to experience. And, and I really expected to have to give him that talk. And just be like, all right, here it is. Here you go. And we get there, and we're ready, and we've prayed for him, and, and we're going to his first day of kindergarten, big boy school. Here it is. And we get there, and we open the door, and here it comes. I'm waiting for the, the moment of just like, you can do it. Go ahead, little duckling. Go out. Be brave, right? And he's like, see y'all. He just takes off in pure Max fashion, like, bye. It's like all these wise words I had of encouragement and telling him, you know, what are you waiting for? Go ahead, go. I didn't have to say any of them, not one. And I, I, I really reflected specifically on what we're going to talk about today with that story. When Jesus ascends into heaven and the angels appear, they basically are saying, what are you waiting for? Go. That Jesus is gone. He'll come back, but it's up to you now. Go. Go. Don't look for him here. He's not here anymore. He's waiting on you to go and fulfill his word. We pray with me, Father, we thank you this morning that we are able to just dive into you. We are thankful, Father, that you ascended because we, we're going to break down what that means, God, but we are so thankful that you completed your earthly work to take the right hand of authority where you belong, that you came down off your throne at all, but, Father, that you retook that seat. We love you, Lord. We praise you, and we are thankful for you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go ahead and stand for the reading of God's Word. We are in Acts 1, starting in verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I want to repeat that one more time because, ooh, it's good. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking up, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Can somebody say amen? amen. We are going to celebrate something.
today that, that will not happen until really May 21st of this year. It's 40 days after Easter. 40 days after the resurrection is Ascension Thursday. Now, this is something we don't celebrate, I think, as much as we ought to. Christmas is a huge deal. It's a huge deal, the birth of Christ. We, we, we celebrate it, we talk about it, so much so that we, we know about it. It's famous for what that is, and we talk about it and, and, and honor that day. We honor Easter. We honor Easter because we know that that's the day that the Lord rose from the tomb, that he rose and was resurrected into power, right? But we don't celebrate the ascension as much. And let me tell you, the ascension is essential. Can somebody say amen? The ascension is essential. Essential. I'm telling you right now, there's so many things that could not have happened unless he ascended into heaven. For one thing, it, it, it symbolized that his earthly job was completed. It was done. He had come. He had descended down onto the earth, come off of his throne, and, and lived the life, did the job but also ascended. He ascended at the right hand. You see, he told them, and it, was, it must have been important because Dr. Luke wrote about it twice, right? He wrote, he wrote about it in Luke, and he's writing about it now to Theophilus in Acts. He wanted to make sure that we all knew what had happened. And after he ascended, it says in Luke that they stood there worshiping just worshiping God. How amazing it must have been to be able to see Christ actually ascend into heaven and take his seat at the right hand of the Father. How amazing must that be? I believe I probably would have been a little bit starstruck too. Just, yeah. Did you guys see that? He's just like, wow. You know, just stunned. Just stood there. So they had to send angels and go, all right, what are you waiting for? He's gone. It's your, your turn now. Go. Go into all of the earth. He says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. It's us now. It's us now. I want to ask you this morning, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? He told you to go. He told you to go, not just to the, to the end of your house. And who's in there? Or the end of your road, or the end of your neighborhood, or the end of the county line, or maybe your state, just focus. The ends of the earth, earth, earth. I mean, that's a huge task. What are you doing to go to the ends of the earth? What is it that you are doing personally in your family, in your, 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 your household that is taking the gospel of Christ to the ends of the earth? Are you filling somebody up so much with, with the word of God that they can then go forth? Are you, are you giving in ministries across the world? Are you, are you using a tool like uh, the internet and Facebook to reach thousands of people? What is it that you're doing? What is it that you're doing? Ask yourself that. It's rhetorical. You don't have to answer it in the comments. Just ask, ask yourself, say, what is it that I am doing to go to the ends of the earth to be a witness for Christ. What is it? Now, also, this, this had to happen. This had to happen, and Jesus was like, look, it's better for you if I go, because then and only then can I send my spirit. It's only then can I then send my spirit. You see, you can be here with me, or the Holy Spirit can be in 
you. There's a difference there. It would be amazing to, to, to be with Christ, to be with Jesus, but to have the spirit of Christ living inside of me is an entire, entirely different thing. Every time, every time that you were ever just struck out of bed to pray for someone, to go and check on someone, every time that you went and, and, and did anything good, anything worth doing, it, you, you took food to someone that was sick, you mowed a, uh, someone's yard that couldn't mow their yard, you, you gave, you, you served, you went and served the homeless, you did all of those things because the Holy Spirit lives inside you. That's why. And that could not happen, could not happen unless he ascended into heaven. You see, he, he had to ascend into heaven so that he could send you his spirit. It says, it says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. How scary of a world would it be if we, we knew that we couldn't heal the sick when we prayed? That, that our prayers would not heal the sick when we prayed for them, that we couldn't go out and tell people about the living God, that we couldn't do these things that the Holy Spirit allows us to do. We would be powerless. But guess what? We aren't powerless. We have received power through the Holy Spirit because Jesus completed his earthly works, completed the works of the cross, died, was resurrected, spent 40 days with his disciple, mapping out everything that they were going to do, and then ascended to the right hand of the Father to take the authority in his kingdom. In his kingdom. It ended his earthly reign and began his heavenly reign. It ended his earthly reign and began his heavenly reign where he took the high priest moment, the high priest position of his church and then sent us to the ends of the earth. You know, when preparing this sermon, I for some reason, and, and, and I, it hasn't really made sense until right now, the, the idea of cartography has been in my brain like crazy. Now, I, I, the map making, I, I started thinking about people long time ago before we had GPS and, and satellites and, and, and aerial pictures and, and all these things to, to tell us where things were that people went out, studied the land from this perspective and created a map from a heavenly perspective looking down precisely the way it was. Every mountain where it was, the river went the way it was supposed to go. Every map, everywhere that was supposed to be something, a landmark or whatever, they were able to then take what they saw and put it on paper and write out a map that could be then followed. You see, they took their internal perspective and then wrote out what it looks like from the heavens. God has taken our internal perspective, flipped it, and asked us to have an eternal perspective. 
not an internal perspective, how it affects us and what we're doing and what's around us. No, 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 no. You take your internal perspective, you flip it on its head. It's no longer about just this. It's about the heavenly perspective, the eternal perspective, and it's no longer about you. You have received power to go to the ends of the earth. Make the map. Go. Follow the map. Follow his word and go to the ends of the earth and therefore no longer having an internal perspective but an eternal perspective forever and ever and ever can the church say amen now i'm telling you it's a scary thing to have an internal perspective it's a scary thing to be trapped up in only how it's going for me and and how this is affecting me and and what's going on with me it's a, it's a dark and, and scary world to live in when the only thing that you are thinking of is yourself. It's a scary, scary world because you can't see anybody else for what anybody else needs. You can't also see the people that love you and how they're trying to reach you. Now, there, were, there was a time in my life that I was so lost and I had so many people that were reaching out to me, trying to tell me that they love me, trying to help me, trying to and trying and trying to reach me from all angles. But the only thing, the only perspective that I had was an internal one. So I couldn't hear, see, or see what they were doing from an eternal perspective, how they were trying to reach me. But then when that was flipped, the eternal perspective changed everything. Just like he changed everything this is one of the best best examples of discipleship ever he did it he showed you how to do it then he left you and expects you to do it now that's discipleship and discipleship works we've seen it work here at the way church a feed into this person and this person feeds into this person and that person feeds into that person and they grow and we grow together in in, in an eternal eternal aspect of the kingdom's work with ministry prepared to do ministry together and then you leave that person to go forth just like max did just like max on his first day of school he was gone he was ready he was prepared he was equipped to do the work that was set out in front of him he was ready and you are what are you waiting for what are you waiting for? What's holding you back? What is it? What lie has the enemy told you that you have now believed that says that you're not enough, that you're not equipped, that you don't know the word well enough, that you don't pray enough, that you're not good at talking? You're, all of those are lies, lies. He ascended so that you could go to the ends of the earth. Now, angels and prophets are sitting there talking to you going, what are you waiting for? For such a time as now, right now, the world needs you. Yes, you, you. There's people that you can affect that, that no one else can. There, there's people that are in your target that are, that are meant for you to spread the gospel to, that are meant just for you to talk to about Christ. And if you don't, and if you don't, no one will. There's only people that were, that were destined to be reached through the gospel, through the Holy Spirit that lives in you, that only you can reach. And it's up to you. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? He's, he's not here. He has ascended. He has ascended, and now he lives in you. 
Because it's different to have him next to you, but it's a whole different thing to have him living inside you. Not just taking up space, living, breathing, choosing, doing, learning, talking, worshiping, praying, going to the ends of the earth. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Starting in verse 8, Paul writes, Therefore it says, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves that are carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, and a deceitful schemes. Listen up. Rather, speaking the truth in love. Rather, speaking the truth in love. The truth in love. That's our job. He ascended, and the one that ascended, that means he also descended. Every good thing that you ever know, every, every bit of light that has shined out all the darkness, you know how bright it is. You know how good it is because you've seen that darkness. The darkness that he had victor victory over. He won. He won. He wiped the smirk off the devil's face when he came out of that tomb. He won. He has victory now, today, tomorrow, and forever and ever and ever. So when he ascended and left you with power, left you with help of the Holy Spirit, he knew what he was doing when he appointed you. When he appointed you, he knew. He knew that through the Holy Spirit that you would reach so many. So I'm asking you today, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Is it, it says right here that you have been equipped. You, you have attained all these things. You have given, been given gifts. You are ready to go. Not falling for all that, that stuff of the world. Not falling for, for fake news and, and all that stuff. Rather, speaking the truth in love. Here's the truth. The ascension was essential. The ascension was essential because now that has made you essential. Now, some people are at home going, no, I'm not essential. I, I haven't been to work. You are essential. You are essential to the body of Christ and the kingdom of heaven. You are essential to go to the ends of the earth. It's up to you. It's up to us. Who are we? We are the church. Who are we? We are the church. That's who we are. We have received the power of the Holy Spirit. We have been commissioned to go to the ends of the earth. We have been asked to go and make disciples of all nations. And guess what? That's what we're going to do. 
So what are we waiting for? Nothing. We're not waiting anymore. We have been commissioned, we have been deployed, and we are going now. Every one of you and every one of us now has, is standing, rising. I can hear the battle cry right now coming through a camera that we are ready, we are going, we have been equipped, empowered, and it is time now. Who are we? We are the church, and we're not waiting anymore. We're coming for all of those. We're coming after the one. We're coming after the one that thinks nobody's coming after them ever again. We are coming after you. Yes, you. If you don't feel like you're a part of the church, come on in. Come on in. So it's now. We're coming after you guys. I want you to know that if you are part of the church, we're not waiting anymore. We're not waiting anymore. But if you're not part of the church, if you're not part of the church, this is an invitation for you to become part of the church. I want you to know that. I want you to know that this door is always open, that this door will never shut on you, that you will never be abandoned or forsaken or closed off. There is nothing, there is nothing that we won't do through the Holy Spirit to get you to understand that God desperately loves you and that his son died for you who are we we are the church we're not waiting for anything anymore god loves you pray with me father we repent of waiting in the first place we repent of wasting time we repent of sitting around and not taking up the mantle and doing the job that you commissioned us to but we're also telling you that we are no longer waiting. We're coming after you, and we're coming after all those that you are whispering to right now. We will go. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for being able to fill us with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for fulfilling every promise that you ever made. We love you, God. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.